Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. Today, I want to talk about the blessing is the great interventionist, number two. We did number one last Sunday, and I find that there's still more items to cover uh, on this. I mean, there's no way we can finish it. It is the Word of God. It's eternal in nature. So I would like to read from Revelations chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 first. Revelations chapter 1, verse 1 to the Revelation. Some people say it's Revelations, but it's actually Revelation. The name Revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypsis, which means the unveiling or the revelation. That's why in the English language we have the name of this book, Revelation. It's the only book in the Bible that has its nature. You can't find another book that is like a revelation. It's a book that talks about, you know, that reveals experiences, things that would take place at a certain time. And yet it's a book that speaks about uh, prophetically about things that are happening at any given time, because eternity is just one long day that doesn't end. All right. So let's start by uh, reading Revelation chapter one, verse one to three. This is a revelation. I'm reading from the NLT today, please. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message, obey what it says, for the time is near. So we see right away from verse 1 to 3 of Revelation 1 that God says that this message is a direct message from Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. The Almighty God gave the message to the Lord Jesus Christ in order for his servants to know and to see, to see and to know the events that must soon take place. He also sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant. Have you noticed that every religion of this world, most religions will tell you that the person who founded it, there was an angel who came and gave a message to them. I can I won't name any religion, but there, look any of the major religions of the world today. There's usually an angel or a heavenly being who came and gave, and you know. So I'm not going to get into the details of which religion or what that religion, but I want you to understand that this is God making a claim here that this is from Jesus Christ, and it was to ensure that his servants, including his servants in this generation, know what is to come. When we say that the blessing is the great interventionist, okay, the book of Revelation is a great intervention. The book of Revelation is a great intervention because you and I, we are human. We do not have an opening. We do not have an understanding of the things of the spiritual realm. If God doesn't grant us an understanding of the spiritual realm, we will continue to walk in darkness. But when our eyes are open, when our spiritual eyes are open to the things of the spiritual realm, there are many Christians today who have no understanding of the things of the spirit. That's not God's intention. That's not God's design. 
The Bible says that he has given us freely of his spirit. The Bible tells us that he has given us a, a, a knowledge. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. It's not just to behave right. It is also to know what is right. And to know what is right, you have to be seeing things from the point of view of the Almighty God. And since God is a spirit, he has to give us spiritual insight. Spiritual insight is not natural eyesight. It is spiritual in nature. Very important. Let's go to verse 4. It says, this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is who always was and who is still to come from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Do you see the gospel there that we preach every time that you've heard John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. John here, the apostle John is referring to all of that. He, made, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes. Amen. Then in verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. This is a very powerful, I mean, it's so powerful. God is declaring who he is. And before anything is said in the book of Revelation, before any further announcements, before any further revelation, before any further apocalypses, Okay, we see him declaring who he is so that there will be no question from anybody who would say, what are you talking about? Do you know there are many, many believers who don't read the book of Revelation? They are scared of it. There are pastors who say they don't like to preach from it because it's very confusing. It is a revelation. <laughs> you pray to God for revelation to understand his revelation. Daniel said, it is God who gives understanding. Joseph said, it is God who interprets dreams. It is only God who can give you an interpretation of the revelation of the things of God. Our world is convoluted. Our world is extremely confused. Right is becoming wrong and wrong is becoming right. I'm telling you, the world we live in today, we have to teach ourselves, teach our children, teach our churches how to enter into the supernatural realm so that they can see things from another, uh, uh, another point of view. Christians are so scared. They don't know what's going to happen. They are even afraid to die. If God were to give you a revelation of your mansion in heaven, you will not be afraid to die. If God were to show you what will happen a few days, months, or years from now, and you keep it to your heart. And he said, I gave that to you for your comfort. I gave that to you for your encouragement. I gave that to you so that you will be strong in your faith. Did you think that your Christian faith just ended and just started and began when you walked to the altar, gave your life to Christ, and after that, you go to Bible study, you come back? That kind of faith does not transfer to the next generation. It dies in one generation. The faith that transfers to generations after is the one where God opens our eyes to see beyond the houses, to see beyond our cars, to see beyond our lifetime. That is the one that goes from generation to generation because it's not held by human flesh. It's held by the power of the spiritual forces of heaven. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The first thing I want to point out here today is that uh, Jesus is the great interventionist. He's the blessing. We need to hear his voice in our world more than ever before. For individuals, for people groups, for churches, for nations. 
Secondly, the book of Revelation is indeed an intervention. I've said that before. It was for John. Now, John received this revelation on the island of Patmos. Let's keep going. You see in verse 9, he said, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's wisdom. Uh, sorry, in God's kingdom. And in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching. In those days, the Roman government, if they are angry at you, they don't like you, they feel you are too powerful uh, as a religious leader or whatever, they, they, they cast you out uh, or a political adversary, they cast you out if they can't kill you because it will create a, 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 a political uh, a, a, a firestorm. So they will just cast the person out. John, as we know from biblical historians, we heard that the Apostle John was cast into a cauldron of hot oil. But then they found out it didn't do anything to him. The Lord protected him. So they brought him out. And then they said, you know, since we can't kill this guy, we don't know what to do. And we're afraid of killing him because it will cause an uproar and there will be a riot. Because the people saw them as spiritual leaders and miracle workers. Even if they didn't agree with them. And the church was growing so much and it was threatening the Roman Empire after Jesus went to heaven. So what they did was that he was exiled to the island of Patmos. The island of Patmos were where people would have been, uh, you know, exiled for life. They had no future. They were not sure of what would... So John was in that island, of, on that island of Patmos, lonely, exiled. He couldn't see his Christian brothers. He couldn't see all the other apostles. There were no more fellowshipping with him in Jerusalem like they had been doing after Pentecost. So he was missing a lot of things. Imagine yourself in that condition. Imagine yourself on an island the, the island of Patmos is still existing today. I would like you to go to Google and Google Patmos, P-A-T-M-O-S. You would see that there's a flight that will take you from here, Winnipeg to Toronto, to Europe, and you will land at some point in Patmos. There's a hotel that's about $75 to $100 a night. There is a place where they believe that John received this book of Revelation. It's still there today. Christians visit it today. I'm telling you the truth. So there's a mayor. The, the town has about 200 and. Uh, uh, sorry, 2,900, less than 3,000 population. Don't quote me, but I know it's less than 3,000, but around 2,000 plus population. And they have a mayor. I forget the name of the mayor. I did the little research. So it's there. It's there. The island of Patmos still exists, I believe, on the northern part of Greece. Not on Greece, but uh, one of the islands under the, 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 the control of the nation of Greece. That's where he was exiled to. And I want you to understand that exile is not fun. Exile is not exciting. So our friend, uh, the Apostle John, was exiled to the island of Patmos. So while he was in exile, let's see what happened to him. He says, uh, uh, verse 10, it was the Lord's day. And I was worshiping. Now, first, first of all, he was exiled for preaching the gospel. He said, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. Do you know what his testimony was? Miracles. Every time he prayed for people, they got healed. Every time he touched people, things happened in their life. And the Roman authorities did not know what to do with a miracle worker like the Apostle John. So they said, if we can't kill him in the hot oil, if we can embarrass him to death, if we are too, too afraid because of a political maelstrom occurring as a result of killing him, let's exile him. So they exiled him to a lonely place for what Jesus called him to do. If you were exiled for what Jesus called you to do, how would you feel? Now watch this. The Bible tells us, it says, it was the Lord's day, verse 10, and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, 
I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. My friends, this is what makes these people different from many of us in our generation today. They were in pain. Peter was in, John was in difficulty. He was exiled. No wife, no children, no Jesus, no Holy Spirit, like we have it in the church. No musicians to help him enter the presence of God. No nice worship leader singing in you know, who has sold a million records uh, or a million uh, downloads or whatever. No nice music to help him. Many of us now cannot enter into the presence of God without some very nice worship music. Don't get me wrong. These things are important. But I'm saying, what if we don't have the music? What if we don't have the hymn book? What if we don't even have our Bible? What are we going to do? He was exiled there and he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Friends, I will talk to you next week about how to be in the spirit, how the blessed must be in the spirit in order for the blessing of God to show up in their lives. Let me tell you something, my friend. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was worshiping. Suddenly he had a voice, a loud voice, like a trumpet blast. Let me say some things here. My friend, he was at this point, the blessing intervened. While he was there sad, while he was there, you know, not too excited, while he was there, his joy was still intact. That was why he could be in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now, the opposite of being in the spirit on the Lord's day is being in the flesh on the Lord's day. Some people are in church, they are not in the spirit on the Lord's day, they are in the flesh. You see, today, while the worship was going on, the Lord spoke to my heart. I took the phone to quickly make a note of something that came to me. And he said, you're about to talk about being in the spirit. Keep that and get into the spirit. And I realize in John chapter 4 verse 24, Jesus said, God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't be in church worshiping and you hate the pastor. You hate the minister. You don't like that sister. You don't like that brother. You got to walk on your heart. You got to come to a place where the love of God is showing forth from you. If you don't love people, you cannot be effective around them. If we don't love each other, we can't really move forward with the power of God. Love is a necessary ingredient. We, you can't tell me you are in the spirit and you are harboring things from five years ago against people who are believers like yourself. Actually, the person that is having a problem is yourself. You are actually slowly dying. You know, many Christians are sick. It's not that the devil put a sickness in them. They put sickness in themselves. Because they are so full of dislike, hate. They just want their own agenda, 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 agenda. And when it's not happening, they become grumpy, unhappy, complaining, gossiping. Let me tell you, those who gossip around in the church are not in the spirit. They're in the flesh. And they usually end up with an illness. I'm telling you. Because you are busy just going, you see, God is real. Stop going around doing all these things. and It's not good. It doesn't help you. You are going to be ill. It will happen. It's not a curse. It's just the truth. If we are not even a Christian, look in the secular world. The people who are always going around, they are just, they are, most, they are the most unwell. They are the most unhappy. They are the most, you see them, they start aging. But because they are carrying the world on their shoulders, that's not your portion. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. <laughs> Let me say this. The blessing intervened for this man, for this minister of the gospel, because 
There was hope in him where there needed not to be hope. I could say there was hope in a place where the environment could kill hope. Because he was called by Jesus. Now he's on the island. Jesus didn't send angels to come and deliver him. Because Jesus had another plan. He was going to give him the book of the great intervention, Revelation. So while he was there, in his own thoughts, beginning to worship on the Lord's day, Romans 10, 11 was proven. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 11, that whoever puts their trust in God will not be put to shame. So put your trust in God. Old people, young people, middle-aged people, children, put your trust in God. Even when you are in university and you are hearing all these things that are creating confusion, that are creating all of these I'm telling you, the world has become more dangerous than it was in 1940. It's become more dangerous than it was in 1901. Because as we advance as human beings, we think we know everything. We think we are invincible. And we're not. We're not. In fact, we are the, at the bush of a button. We can destroy everyone on the planet, you know. It's, 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 it's dangerous where we are. The blessing intervened because John, even though he was banished from society, had hope because he still worshipped. That's how I know he had hope. He still worshipped on the Lord's day in the spirit. In my notes, I wrote, wow, with exclamation point. Consider that John's physical environment did not lend itself to worship in the spirit. Yet John heard a voice behind him in an environment of despair and difficulty. David encourages himself in the Lord. We heard about that with David when his men said, let's stone him. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I want you to consider that this book of Revelation, a great intervention it is. And it is the only type in the whole Bible, in the whole canon of scripture. Revelation is the unique book. They're all unique, but this has a certain uniqueness to it because it is apocalypse, it's revelation. The uncovering, the unveiling of certain things that we wouldn't have access to if God did not reveal it to us. I want to say that trying times will always come. But John has given us a powerful formula for trying times and all times. What is that formula? He was in the spirit. The formula for the believer. The formula for the believer's success. The formula for the believer's overcoming like the eagle that flies above the storm. Not through the storm. Not under the storm. But above the storm. The secret for the believer to be a winner is to be in the spirit. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. He said, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not become jealous of other Christians who appear to be doing well. Walk in the spirit and you will not really begin to envy somebody else and think, I want to be there. Walk in the spirit and you will not come to the church and want to be the one in front all the time. Walk in the spirit and you will not be fighting for position of leadership. You will wait for God to pick you up from where you are. If you have a gift, it will shine. If God has called you, it will shine. Yeah, walk in the spirit and you will not be one of those people who are, will be controlled by money. Instead, you control your money. Walk in the spirit and you will not live in fear, but you will live by faith. Walk in the spirit and you will succeed and it will be well with you. I want you to know that if you can keep hope alive, and it is by grace that we keep hope alive, and the secret is seeking to worship the Lord, doing whatever it takes to worship. I'm not happy, Lord, but I worship you. I don't feel good, Lord, but I worship you. I'm not happy because money is finished in the bank, oh, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I worship you. If you can switch your complaint 
to worship. If you can switch your, your, your trauma, your difficulties to worship. I am not finding it funny, Lord. But I worship you on the Lord's Day, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I worship you, Lord. I'm not going to stop. If I just can make sure that that hope is there. Because hope in God does not make a shame. You know what I want to end with today is to tell you this. The blessing is attracted to hope. Heaven is attracted to hope. Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So when there's a difficulty, when the enemy is lying to you, you have to worship in truth. So the enemy says, oh, look at you. You think you can ever get past that sin? You think you can ever pa get past that situation? You think you're ever, ever going to get married? Oh, you think this church thing would work out for you? That's a lie. What you need to do is to worship God in truth. So you say to Satan, you are a liar, Satan. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. You go into the scriptures and find the word of God. You play some worship music, not the music that will not even help you. Play worship music, create an environment. This man created an environment when he didn't even have iPhone to download the latest music. God has given us all kinds of tools to help us make it. I want to encourage you today and say that the blessing is Jesus Christ. And the uh, G, uh, G, Lord Jesus is the great interventionist. You know, John had a voice behind him. And I will just round up by reading this scripture as I close this morning. Look at uh, Revelations again, Revelation chapter 1. And let's look at what it says. It says, verse 12. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands standing in the middle of the lampstands of someone like the Son of Man. Everybody will not see this, okay? But there's a principle here that you will see something in your spirit, man. Hey, we are children of God. At some point in the life of any Christian, you will have an encounter with God. Say, my sheep, hear my voice. So don't tell me you can't hear his voice. We need him more than anything. He said, and standing in the middle of Lamson was someone like the son of man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in the furnace, and his voice thundered like the mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came out from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in his brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as I were dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. If this person is your friend, if this person, whether you have seen him physically or ever in a dream or vision, even if you've never seen him, if he becomes your friend today, if you don't know Jesus, and this person who said, I'm the first and the last, I have the word, the keys of death and the grave. Friends, if you have him in your life, you are okay. You can always call on him and he will never let you down because those who put their trust in the Lord, they will never, those who make, put their hope in God will never be put to shame. That's what the word of God tells me. And I am excited to tell you, to announce to you that you are a candidate, even for those who believe, for a higher level in your walk with God. We have to keep growing. I want to keep growing. May the Lord bless us with his word today in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word today. Thank you, Lord, for those who may say, I don't know Jesus. I want to have a relationship with him today. I want to be able to call upon him in these times. If there's anyone like that and you are part of this service, or you're walking by online, browsing the internet, and you come across this and you're listening, perhaps this is your day. 
and you can start that relationship today by asking the Lord Jesus to come into your life. You just tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for my sin and you rose again on the third day. Save me. Write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that prayer, I believe that God has heard in heaven. And if you want to get in touch with us, go to joyfoundingchurch.com. Send us a message. We will send you some help. We'll be uh, more than happy to help you walk with Jesus Christ. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.